Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific shares are trading higher this morning, setting aside a night of losses on Wall Street. Investors are also looking past new economic data released this morning that shows that Japan's economy is contracting. The Nikkei is up more than 1%. Seoul and Sydney are trading higher as well. A word about those Japanese GDP figures. Japan's economy shrank 5.1% in the first quarter of the year. A surge in COVID-19 infections there snapped two quarters of consecutive growth. Joining me now so we can break down all the market action for you. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, Let's take a look at Singapore blue chips, Ryan. They regained some of Friday's losses in trade yesterday as investors continue to assess how these latest government restrictions are going to impact the economy and corporate profits. The Straits Times Index rose four-fifths of a percent to close just shy of the 30-80 mark. So this morning, the Business Times running a headline that say analysts expect the impact of phase two restrictions to be short-lived. The brokerage UOB Kehien, for example, thinks Friday's sell-off was a knee-jerk reaction to the new restrictions. Why is that? Yeah, I think that is a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, very reflected in the stock prices of many of the stocks. Some of them, which were down quite a big part of the day, are now rebounding in the early minutes right now. So you have, I think, people just getting a bit surprised, perhaps, by the announcement, the timing of it, and also just a bit of, I guess, sense of dread that you might see more lockdown measures coming online. So... A bit of a knee-jerk response, and that is something I think interesting. If you look at what's happening in Shengxiong, we saw, if you remember, mm-hmm. a huge ten percent jump on Friday, and right now on Monday and on Tuesday, right now it is giving back some of those gains. So if you've been trying to jump on a Shengxiong bandwagon, it may already be too late. Yeah, Shengxiong though is still a pick for RHB and DBS Group Research. Uh, yesterday, RHB upgraded Shengxiong to a trading buy target price one ninety five to one seventy. UOB Kehian is recommending that investors focus on companies that have overseas earnings. So one exception to that is the Singapore Exchange CGSCIMB likes SGX shares as well. So let's look at SGX shares. Why, why all this attention? Yeah, if you remember last year, SGX was actually one of the better stocks uh, performing or outperforming the rest of the stocks. And that is partly because you had a lot of retail interest coming online because of stay at home, work from home, and just all the talk and chatter in the media around how stock markets have been jumping back and rallying Mm. and a lot of formal investors jumping on board. So all the trading activity led to an increase in transactions and that is indirectly a reason why we saw SGX um, business activity and volume and revenue going up and of course SGX has its long-term fundamentals still in play um, which is in the space of derivatives and also is tie-ups with more indexes to just capture more opportunities in the region so all that is putting it in a good place for some of the brokerages. 
All right, big news yesterday, the spike in COVID-19 cases that has led to a couple of high-profile cancellations. For one, that travel bubble with Hong Kong has been postponed again. And the World Economic Forum has cancelled a planned summit that was to take place here in Singapore in August. The World Economic Forum will hold its next meeting in the first half of next year, but it hasn't said where it'll hold that meeting yet. So to what extent do you think these cancellations, the bubble and the WAF Forum, Ryan, will cast a shadow on investor sentiment. Yeah, it is a bit of a shadow, but like we pointed out earlier, it may be a knee-jerk response first. The thing here is how long these restrictions might last. Right now, it's around four weeks. So the question is, will it last beyond four weeks? Will the turning point come for these COVID-19 cases? So, of course, with the WF cancellation, that puts a bit of a dampener in the event space, hospitality, because this was supposed to be the flagship event of the year to put Singapore on the world map and really lend confidence to the industry that it can be done and COVID-19 can be managed. But right now, there are just too many moving parts, Mm -hmm. especially with the airlines, um, the travel arrangements being so difficult to manage. So that hopefully turns around. And of course, the Hong Kong air travel bubble uh, right now being spiked officially. So hopefully third time lucky. Uh, Maybe they need... A new name for it. I was just thinking that. It's too easy to pop a bubble. All right, one bit of good news. Tan Tok Singh Hospital is resuming regular admissions starting today. This comes two weeks after Tan Tok Singh stopped admitting patients because of a COVID-19 cluster in the hospital. So silver lining there. Ryan, I want to segue to corporate mergers. Uh, Two big ones in the news. One in the US, another here in Asia. In the US, AT&T is going to merge WarnerMedia with Discovery. This is a 43 billion US dollar deal and it looks like it's going to create another major mm. player in the streaming media wars. That's the goal at least. Tell us more. Yeah, talk about Merger Monday. It's a mega merger. 43 billion dollar deal for AT&T to merge its Warner Media unit with Discovery. So what we have is a tie-up between one of Hollywood's biggest studios and Discovery's channel. So you might be familiar with AT&T's stable. We've got CNN, HBO, Warner Brothers, and of course Warner Brothers owns the likes of Harry Potter and Batman franchises. And of course, HBO also has Game of Thrones and other titles under it. So that will now be combined potentially with Discovery's channels. And that is around home, cooking, nature, science shows, so Animal Planet, Discovery Channel, all that is part of the equation. So what we have is a bit of a catching up by AT&T, where you've got the HBO brand, around 64 million subscribers. That is way missing or under the numbers that Netflix commands, around 200 million. And you've got Disney Plus, around 100 million. So 64 million, hopefully if Discovery's 15 million, and of course, they'll be hoping to grow it. Maybe they could do some catching up with the merger happening. Yeah, good news for for people like us who watch. I mean, Warner and um, Discovery already spend about twenty billion per year on content, and that puts them in the same realm of Netflix, that currently spends about seventeen billion dollars on content. So hopefully, we look forward to you know more world class journalism, iconic uh, show names as well uh, being made available. Now it's interesting. AT and T battled the Justice Department in the U.S. for years to buy Time Warner. 
China. And now, just three years later, the telecom giant is spinning off the media assets from the deal. So what do you make of this part of things? Yeah, it seems like they wasted their time fighting the DOJ. So after fighting for so long, they now are changing their minds or making a U-turn and just spinning off those media assets after all. But I guess this is the way businesses have to adapt right now. The business landscape changes so fast. The conditions of years before are not the same right now, especially with COVID-19 accelerating those changes. So this is pretty much putting the focus on how streaming is taking away the viewers from cable, from pay TV. So that is the next big driver for growth they have to be on board with. So they are not that keen to keep status quo to grow their cable business. And of course, AT&T has the telco business. And in recent years, you've got T-Mobile and Sprint merging. So they feel if they focus more by hiving off those media assets, AT&T will have a stronger chance to compete in that telco space as well. So alongside the split also gives them the opportunity to expand their capital capital base to raise capital and funds independently and in a bigger way. So that Mm. is part of the strategy here for the merger. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. It's all you need to know about morning markets in minutes right here on Your Money. A discovery shares initially surged on the news, but then sellers stepped in, leading discovery to close down 5% on the day. AT&T fell 2% and is down another 4% in after-hours trade. Okay, I promise uh, listeners news of a major merger here in Asia. Can I have my drum roll? We talked about this one on and off for some time now and it's official. Gojek is combining forces with PT Tokopedia. This merger of ride-hailing and payments giant with an e-commerce pioneer is going to create Indonesia's largest internet company. And this deal comes as a new combined entity seeks a public listing in the US and over in Jakarta as well. So tell us more about GoTo's business. Just how broad is it going to be and how is a company likely to stack up against competitors like CN Grab. (laughs) Yeah, so this is a huge merger. In fact, it's a union of unicorns, two big companies combining. So, of course, Gojek, the equivalent of Grab in Indonesia, and Tokopedia, one of the biggest e-commerce giants in the region. So, you might compare it to the likes of Lazada or Taobao. So, these two combining... You can imagine the synergies right now. In fact, back in 2015, they worked together. So Gojek um, lent their local network drivers to do deliveries for those e-commerce um, orders. So this will now see an entity spanning across online shopping, courier services, ride-hailing, food delivery, and a lot of interesting services. At one point, they even had massage on demand. So you could just order a Gojek to deliver a masseuse to your house. So that could maybe make a comeback. Of course, with COVID-19, they put a stop to that. Uh, So you've got a very interesting model here. And it seems that they'll be following the Alphabet business model where they will still have their own standalone brand. So Gojek and Tokopedia are still remaining separate, but they will work together to create synergies around things like payments, logistics, food deliveries. So that is the strategy here. Go bigger and beat the rest of them. Ah, Nice acronym, GO2, right? Instant uh, familiarity and 
memorability, I think. The combined entity is estimated to be worth 18 billion US dollars. Gojek's co-CEO Andre Celestio will head GoTo and he says the merger is, quote, a union of equals, one that will combine e-commerce on demand and financial services into a single ecosystem. Giant one at that. All right, we have to head to cryptocurrencies. Now, yesterday we talked about how an Elon Musk tweet led to a Bitcoin sell-off. Tesla's CEO appears to have indicated that the car maker could have sold off its Bitcoin stake. Now, though, he says that's not the case. So what is going on, Ryan? Yeah, so it was a case of a cryptic reply by Elon Musk. And talk about a market influencer. I think he is the biggest influencer since Donald Trump. So you've got him for a second week in a row, shaking the crypto market with a tweet. So the latest tweet is around how he has clarified he has not sold any of his holdings around Bitcoin. And of course, those holdings at one point was worth $1.5 billion. So this is after last week where he said, or at least alluded to how he might have divested to his holdings because he was responding to a tweet saying it was a good idea for Tesla to think about divesting and he agreed with that tweet. But now he's saying he didn't actually do it. So a bit of back and forth for Bitcoin is now up above $45,000. All right, Cryptic Elon will continue to monitor his tweets. Time now for a quick game, up or down. You know how this works, everybody. I name an item and asset in the news and Ryan tells us which way it's going, up or down. Let's check in with Ryan. Are you ready? Let's go. How about Jumbo? Well, Jumbo Group, you might be familiar with its seafood restaurants and I would say it's an up for me. And it is pushing ahead with opening two new F&B outlets. And this is for its brands, Suihua and Koki Wantan Noodle. So, Hungry already. <laughs> <laughs> this is, of course, its third Suihua outlet. And this is a Tatan Teng, or local tea restaurant, offering Hong Kong dishes. This will be in Jam Jurong East. And the other, Koki, second stall opening at Rasapura Masters Food Court at Marina Bay Sands. So despite the restrictions on dining in it is still pushing ahead and of course now uh, doing just deliveries for these two outlets yeah definitely an up given jumbo is still expanding despite these new restrictions on dining in next let's look at dasin retail trust all right dasin retail trust is a reit with a big presence in china and it is for me and up, and that's because revenue for its first quarter was up 87.4% despite the impact of COVID-19. Definitely an up for me as well. Dasin Retail Trust says its revenue jumped more than 87% in the first quarter of the year and revenue from the company's malls in China almost back to pre-pandemic levels. Mm. Next, uh, first resources. Okay, so... That is a down for me. First Resources reporting net profit dropping 60.5%. And this is right now at $8.8 million. So this is actually despite an increase in sales. And that drop reflects the impact of higher export taxes from this new structure that's being rolled out in Indonesia since the 
month, December 2020. Yeah, it's a down for me. First resources, first quarter profits, uh, as you heard, plummeted 60% and the palm oil producer saying those high export taxes over in Indonesia are to blame. The British insurance company Aon and the US grocery store chain Kroger. Yeah, so this is an up for me and because <laughs> it is getting or they are getting the backing of a huge investor, Warren Buffett. Mm. So he has made some changes to his portfolio. He is putting a new bet on British insurance company Aon and also increasing its stake or at least Berkshire Hathaway's stake in supermarket owner Kroger. So an up for Aon and Kroger. All right. Let's check in on local stocks now. We are currently 21 minutes past nine into the local trading days. So 21 minutes in. How's the SDI doing and is it adding on to yesterday's gains or are COVID concerns weighing on the market again? Yeah, despite those COVID-19 concerns, we actually saw the STI breaking a four-day losing streak. And like you pointed out, it was up around 0.8%. And looking at the opening minutes right now, it is extending those gains. It is up 0.8%. Uh, and it's now th- trading at 3,103. And looking at the STI, a quick snapshot of mm. the picture. All the STI constituents are in the green, except for two, which are flat right now. So right at the top of the table, phrases. Logistics and Commercial Trust up 2.9%. So pretty much reversing the heavy loss sometime on Friday. And you've got Comfort Dagro up 2.5%. Wilmer up by 2.2%. And I think investors are also curious what might be happening in Sheng Xiong. So it's now down 1.2%. So this is giving back more of those gains it picked up on Friday, which was in the green by over 10%. And SIA, interestingly, in the green by 1.2% despite the air travel bubble bursting. So perhaps it was already priced in much earlier. Mm. And if we didn't call it an air travel bubble, what should we call it, Ryan? Air travel... (laughs) Corridor. Lane corridor? (laughs) Something a little more substantial. All right, well, thank you very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. We'll be back tomorrow with more Market Conversation. First thing in the morning. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.